0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in to Ute Insider, Frank Dolce, analyst for The Zone Sports Network. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net frank good morning
1: good morning d j good morning p k
2: how you guys are you are doing man. Well. Yeah, I'm doing well, but you and i are bitter enemies this week i hate you
1: yes <laughs> yes we are but I can't help it because i still like you a lot so. it was an in- i
0: thought
1: i thought you had an interesting discussion going there about the uh taking sports too far I certainly I I would count myself in that crowd at one point in my life hopefully <laughs> I, I figure I've tried to figure it out a little bit I'm still not perfect at it that, that's for sure because I get too invested in all of this stuff but Do you
0: really because when I I I when I talk to you you seem like you're Kind of above it all. You get more than anyone. You're not on the team anymore. When you're on the team, watching film, lifting weights, running, you're sweating right next to those guys. And we don't have any of that investment. So why would we? We, 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 we need to do. We need to do this. Well, it's not we. I'm not up there lifting weights.
1: You know, that's a funny. It's funny that you mention that because uh, over over time, the the thing that has been most influential on how I uh, approach these games is, uh, is the way that I've watched other people, other people who never took a snap, other people who never shot a free throw in, in the competition. I've watched how crazy and ridiculous they act. Like, I don't understand what their investment is. And why they that goes to this whatever extreme like the the thought of their team winning or losing is some reflection on their life somehow like you're a winner or a loser based on whether or not the team you're cheering for is a winner or a loser I that has been the most that has been the most influential thing on, on how do I I try to approach these games these days I mean I yeah absolutely I want Utah to win I want Utah to win all the time and. I think maybe more than anything else, I I try to say, well, I want Utah to play well. I want Utah to perform well. I want you know. To, I think there are more important things than winning and losing, like the effort and the the stuff like that. So anyway, I it it is an it is an interesting. I think it's an interesting topic and interesting discussion. And man, if we could figure that out, how to how to go out, play a good game, be super competitive, and then you know figure out that we're still generally we're you know in a universal view we're still all on the same team kind of thing that would be a i think that would be a huge stride for
2: us yeah one of my favorite bands is Zach Brown Bands got a song out we're all in the same yeah. boat and yeah. uh, talking about people and and how uh we we need to find more commonalities instead of differences because i agree with you as far as the effort you, you, if uh If you're sloppy, you're undisciplined. uh, That that to me is bothersome because I think that what I'm looking for, like we'll take the University of Utah as an example, and I and I feel a certain I don't know closeness or kinship to the program. I've been following it. I know the some of the coaches I know very well, and you know to an to an extent a little bit socially even. And so you know I want to see them succeed, uh, but success. Can come. It, sometimes I try to look beyond. You know, did you were you disciplined? Did did you do the things that you're supposed to do? Because because sometimes you can just get beat, and and a team can just play a little bit better than you. Whereas other times, I mean, you fumble the ball seven times like you did, and some stupid stuff, and even though you won, it's like, wow, man, that that really wasn't characteristic of what we've come to know Mm -hmm. out of a Whittingham team who the man is so disciplined and regimented and doing the things that he's supposed to do and all that stuff, and graduating kids, and, and all that stuff that they talk about really is real life. And those things are important, so that's the way I approach it as far as that goes, and And that's what I expect from the Utes. And we didn't get that earlier in the season. And now, from the football perspective on the field, we're starting to get it. So maybe, for whatever reason, they were just a a slow start this year. My thought for you, are they past that now? And who they were last Saturday, is this who they are?
1: Well, that's also a good question. (laughs) which um, brings probably up another discussion about how how people manage coaches in, in in this I mean a few weeks ago there's been times during his career when coach Whittingham has been on on the hot seat like super hot seat and but you look over the course of his the entirety of his career and you think well you know wow he's he's done pretty well like <laughs> that to think that he would be on the hot seat at some point you think well maybe that's not Maybe that's not fair. Kalani the same way. I mean, I think Kalani. I I've always been a fan of Kalani's, but but he's he was on the hot seat not too long ago, yep. um, and he seems to have his team kind of rolling along. And that talk is, you know, now there's talk about him moving along. So it's it's just interesting. I don't know. I don't know what this football team is. I mean, if. If they perform the way they performed Saturday against USC, and I, I you know, I think it's it's a, a USC team that's in disarray. So maybe that's not a comp- perfect example of what this team could be. But but if they perform that way, if they play the way they did at the line of scrimmage and uh, offensively especially, and then allow everything else to open up, then I think it's a I think Utah's a really tough team to beat. Uh, the it, the the fascinating thing about sports and following these guys who are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old is, is that, can they achieve that standard every single week? Uh, I, and especially with all the stuff that, that they have to deal with. So I think this is a team that has a lot of talent, a lot of potential. It feels like they turned a page, they got onto the right page and have the ability to be very competitive in the South. In fact, I would say that, that I, you know Utah has jumped up in, in my expectation about where they'll finish in the South. So I'm optimistic. I'm oh, really yeah, yeah. optimistic about this team, but I just you know I, I need a better sample size than one game against a team in USC that I think is in, in a little bit of trouble.
0: It's cool that they got their first win in the Coliseum. It is the third straight game that, it, that USC has lost in the Coliseum. They are clearly in a little bit of trouble. So I think yeah. the thing that is not so much worrying about what they did to USC and Had versus USC just versus themselves, in previous game, we saw offensive linemen stepping the wrong way. We saw people blowing up running plays as the handoff was happening. And we didn't see any of that against USC. Like, guys knew what their assignment was, and they did it at least at some minimal basic level. And that's a big step forward. You've probably played with teammates who didn't know the plays and ran the wrong way, stepped the wrong way. And so just getting that straightened out seems like a major step forward because it was very unlike Utah to have those issues going on, let alone going on for so long.
1: I Yeah, I've had guys uh, who... I had a guy regularly turn around and ask me as we were walking to the line of scrimmage, hey, what's the count? (laughs) We just broke the huddle, and I give him the count. You know, it's usually on one or two or some other interesting thing. And then we break the huddle, and we're literally walking to the line of scrimmage, and he'd turn around and say, hey, what's the count? That was my center. So... you talk about you talk about a, an uncomfortable situation. Like, wait a second, he doesn't remember the count. Is he going to remember what is happening on this play? That transformation, I think, for Utah, Utah's offensive line was the most significant transformation I've seen out of this team. And and by the way, that one piece opened up, seemed to open up everything else. All of a sudden, now you don't have question marks about the quarterback play, and you don't have questions about wide receivers getting separation downfield, and you don't have questions about uh, running backs only averaging under three yards a carry. It's, it's just the most important position group on the football field offensively. And so the way that they made that step forward, you know, dialing, fi- dialing in five guys, even having to replace one of those guys midway through the football game, and the, the way that they played together and worked as a unit, I think was the most significant transformation for Utah football this year. That's going to be the key for Utah moving forward. So, I, I mean, I just feel like it's safe to say as, as far as that offensive line goes, as far as that offensive line leads this team, that's how, exactly how far this Utah football team will go. Uh, it's just that, much, that, that important to this crew.
2: What's crazy to me, as I look at the history of Utah football since I've been involved, uh, living in this uh, market for almost three decades now, is to think that uh, this is the halfway point coming up on Saturday. They had the bye. Other teams have already gotten there, but this will be their sixth game, so obviously they played 12. And with that in mind, I still don't know who the number 1 running back is. And in the history of Utah since I've been following it, by this point in the season, we've had a clear defined answer. But in my mind, we don't. I think that's crazy, don't do you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I so this this football season is for Utah is strange in a lot of ways, I think. And one of those is that uh, because it's been the foundation of Utah's offense for so long, especially under the coach Whittingham era, the running back position seems to to um be settled by game two it's always we always go into the season with two maybe three guys and then two or maybe three games in there's a guy and he just has emerged and has figured it out and then we just roll with that uh but but that hasn't necessarily happened. maybe there's more parity in the running back group. Maybe it's just the issue of ball security and and there really isn't that much parity but but there you know there was one guy in particular that, that couldn't hold on to the ball. So I think Thomas separated himself a little bit uh, but again that, that that is he's you know, to me he's one fumble away from standing next to coach Whittingham on a Saturday afternoon for most of most of the football game, but but very positive performance against USC for Thomas. Uh, I still like, I still like Bernard. I think that uh, he needs to get healthy a little bit, but I think he is a very solid running back. I still like Pledger. I think that he's shown the ability to provide some spark for Utah in, in the offensive backfield, but if I had to rank it at this point, it would I think it would be a clear Thomas uh, and then Pledger Bernard as guys that uh, come in to, to give them a, a breather at some point during the football game.
0: So I know the quarterback gets most of the credit and most of the blame. I have uh, said for a long time the Utah receivers – not a very good group. Don't get separation. There were multiple plays against USC, and maybe this does have a lot to do with USC's defense. But there were multiple plays that Utah receivers got themselves open. Frank, a couple guys getting deep, a couple steps beyond the secondary on the touchdown pass when um, in in the first half. Uh, i blanking on the receivers' his first touchdown catch, but uh, he got to the Ronnie near, Parks. yeah, he got to the near sideline. He got separation. Like guys got themselves open. And that's been an issue where you was impressed with the receivers.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Money Parks got, caught that touchdown pass and I'm looking through the media guide like, where the heck did Money Parks come from? <laughs> you know, where, where's this guy been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, this, this, this is a, it's an interesting, it was interesting the way the game unfolded and Utah being able to throw the ball. First of all, did you, did you see Cam Rising running for his life in that game? Nope. I didn't, because I didn't see it. So I'm and running. So that yeah, running, he ran a fantastic touchdown. But, yeah. but the issue to me is, okay, so all of a sudden, offensive line play is really good, really solid. Quarterback has time to make his reads, go through his progressions downfield, works out of a clean pocket. Because he has time to throw, now the receivers have time to get separation. It's really difficult for a defensive back. I mean, I've said this a lot, but but Deion Sanders may be the only guy that could hold on to a guy for the entirety of a play. Defensive backs, it's just it's it's an unfair advantage for a receiver, to, to especially if time starts running. I mean, you get four or five seconds downfield. It's hard to hold on to that receiver for so long. So. Offensive line play is good. Quarterback has time to, to throw the ball downfield. Receivers have time to get separation. I think all of those factors were, were important. The other thing I think we have to consider is, you know, how, how much was USC preparing for a, an aerial attack from Utah? Because Utah just hasn't demonstrated the ability to throw the ball downfield. So, I mean, USC super talented, I don't. It didn't seem like they were, you know, super engaged in stopping the pass. Like I don't know that they had prepared extremely well for that because Utah hadn't shown the ability to do it. So I I think the we've seen what can happen with this passing game. Now can Utah do that consistently? Because I guarantee Arizona State, Oregon State, UCLA, everybody else on the schedule now is going to prepare to stop the passing game, and you, we'll, we'll see how Utah responds to that.
0: So, got a key for the ASU game real quick before we let you go here. What are you thinking? What are you looking for?
1: Well, there's two games on the schedule that that really make me have a little bit, uh, you know, I'm a little nervous about for the rest of the schedule. I mean, all of the games are, are, are tough. I don't, I don't like the thought of them playing Oregon State. I think that's a good football team, even though they kind of imploded against Washington State. Um, Obviously, Oregon is maybe the most talented team in in the Pac-12, and so that's a that's a tough one. But there's two teams like UCLA and Arizona State are are teams that make me a little nervous because um, one because I think offensively they're they're pretty good uh, can establish a running game but most importantly they have quarterbacks that have significant mobility and Utah I, 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 want to see, I want to see Utah be able to contain that that type of quarterback and I haven't seen that yet so that's a concern um, and I thought you know Slovis doesn't present that problem against USC and then or with USC and so Utah Utah pretty well hemmed in that 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 offense although they did have almost 500 yards of total offense which is kinda of funny a funny stat to look at. So I think that's a big key. Utah have to has to, you know, try to make those teams, especially Arizona State one dimensional, and then contain the quarterback if they can do that. That's a big that's a big issue to me. Uh and then on the other side of the ball, same thing. It just starts up front for Utah. You have to be solid at the line of scrimmage. I think Arizona State's very athletic in the defensive, on the defensive side of the ball, tough up front. So I'd love to see Utah be able to establish a run and then work that play-action pass game because I think if they can do that, then they give themselves a significant chance to win. If Utah plays on the level that they did against USC, uh, I, I favor Utah in this game, uh, especially if Utah can create a couple turnovers. If it goes the other way, if it's Utah that we saw in the first three weeks of the season, then, then it's going to be a tough outing on Saturday night.
0: Frank, we'll let you go. We appreciate the time. Don't get too wound up about your team, okay?
1: <laughs> the, mo- the team I get most wound up about these days are just my kids' teams, and then I'm the dumb parent on the sideline yelling at, you know, for red cards from the referee. But, but I try to temper that as well. Most of the other stuff I'm pretty good at.
0: Frank Dolce, Ute Insider and Analyst for the Zone Sports Network. Thank you, Frank. Coming up, Lincoln Kennedy, Raider radio analyst, Pac-12 network analyst. His weekly visit is next. Reaction to John Gruden resigning. We'll talk with Lincoln in a minute. Stay with us.